Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 180 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric, the Blue Hawk of the Woods, Walquist. And joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse, Captain Sleep Deprivation Wilson. Sleep Deprivation, huh? Oh, Sick Baby, Bad Times. Sick Baby, Bad Times, that's an... <laughs> That's the name of uh, it's my William Joel cover album. Oh, I thought it was a a book I had to read in twelfth grade. Yeah, <laughs> sick baby bedtimes. That's no one. No, no, okay, never mind. Jesse, how was your week? Um, good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sunday was a blur. Blurry, dude. Yeah, I was so up and down and. It was a blurry uh, fury. Emotional. Did you go on radio? Did you win on radio silence? Because Aaron was texting the both of us, right? Uh, no, I was responding to it, but yeah, I don't know if they only got back to him or not. Who knows? There's no way to know. I got a phone from like 1992. <laughs> it does not do the cool stuff that other people's phones do. Your phone's basically a TI-86 calculator. <laughs> Not basically, it is that. It's exactly that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, man, that was a roller coaster of a game. But, you know, see how slow starters? I never doubted it. I just meditated on Russell Wilson's words of uh, weather the storm. Weather the storm, man. And I weathered it and then uh, had a nice big thunderclap at the end of the storm. Whip crack. The hand of God. <laughs> Well, I think we should go ahead and dedicate this episode to Mr. Dickie Sherman. I love him, dude. I love him. I love him, too. I love him so much. In fact, let's just front-end this with what everyone's talking about. Okay. I So my take on it, there's some controversy about him. <laughs> First of all. Because he, uh, he had a wacky uh, post-game interview. Mm-hmm. But I guess all I want to say is, like, if you're a professional athlete, you've trained your entire life for this moment, you're competing on... I think the biggest stage an athlete can perform on in this entire world, and you just made the (laughs) game-saving play to send your entire team to the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, they immediately stick a microphone in your face, and you're surprised that he's all amped up. (laughs) I just want and the thing about this is that I think a big part about it is, A, huge nationally televised game, B... Uh, there's only two teams left, and you got two weeks to talk about them. So they need stuff to talk yeah. about right after. No, that. I, exactly. It's a timing issue. Notice, too. like, I, I can't, I can't believe the extreme lack of Super Bowl uh, analysis that's out there right now. It's just all about Richard Sherman. Like nobody's actually trying to break down the game or anything at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I mean, how much can you really predict it anyway? Yeah, well, I, I it's mean... It's going to be a football game, it's going to happen, and we'll see what happens. So earlier in the year, the first time the 49ers came to Seattle, uh, and Seattle blew them out, I think, 37-3, to or something like that? It may have been 27-3. to It was a blowout win for the Seahawks. This is what Sherman said in a post-game interview right after the game. I happen to have this clip from my Get Off the Running Back podcast. Here it is. There are a lot of pundits and ignorant idiots who thought, oh, Seahawks are going to lose this game. Well, please, please don't doubt us again. Every time you doubt us, they look stupid. So, 
nice little music there with it. But the, the, <laughs> the gist is, it's basically the same words that he said to Michael Crabtree. It's just the proximity to the actual play happening was a little closer, so he's a little more amped up. He had a little more yeah. juice flowing for this game. Understandably say, like, so. If I if I win an important uh, friendly match of magic cards, I get jacked up and start <laughs> running my mouth off. I'm like, you don't bring a burn deck in my house. No burn decks in my house. <laughs> you know, so I can't yeah. even imagine the the type of passion that goes into competing at the level he's on. And of course, you know, you're you're gonna get passionate. And, well, and he speak also that way. It's actually refreshing to have someone yeah. actually speak instead of just being like, "Well, you know, uh, the offense really performed, and uh, we came out, and you know, our opponents came out there and played a good game of football." But at the end of the day, it just uh, comes down to whoever uh, doesn't want to go home more. We don't. We did just didn't want to go home. Well, uh, there's a huge amount of hypocrisy because what do we love to see in football? We love to see Big dudes just smashes. smashing each other. And then a bar- total barbaric collisions. Yes, yeah, total barbaric. It's like barbarism. It's like a, a, a sixty minutes of street boxing on the field. That's what everybody wants, and but nobody wants that to carry over into like the the post game show. Everybody needs them to be docile. And you've been paying that much attention at, yeah. at that point anyway. The game's over, right? And, but like that's what you know. Aaron Andrews said that she's the one who was interviewing him. He's she was like, I hope he does it again. And I was like, great, that's exactly what we want. We don't want like these kid responses. I can totally see the other side of the street, though. I, I feel like if I wasn't a Seahawks fan, mm-hmm. Sherman would be extremely hateable. Well, I mean, if he was a 49er, I think he'd be really hateable. If he played for the New York Jets, I'd be like, this guy's kind of awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's going to fuel the fire of hate if you have the rivalry with him. But, <laughs> I mean, it's just entertaining, dude. And the guy's awesome. The thing is, he backs up everything that he says. Yeah, he actually does have the talent to back it up. 100% backed up everything. And he's been what doing all season. Play. What yeah. a play. And it was so clean. So I, clean. After that, I, I was just like <laughs> biting my hand like, no flags, no flags. No flags. I'm just looking up in the top yeah. left corner of the screen like, no yellow. Please don't turn yellow. It was so clean. It was the cleanest. It I mean, was he, super clean. It's he, just great <laughs> fundamentals. And, he did get a flag after the play for unsportsmanlike conduct, but yeah, but whatever. I watched this video online of uh, of uh, 49ers viewing party, and it was like that last part of the game, and uh, and there was like all this hope that happened when the flag flew at the end. Everybody's like, "There's a flag! There's a flag! There's a flag!" It was like 15 seconds after the play was over. Yeah, I mean that also speaks to the nature of. NFL right mm-hmm. now is yep. like, oh yay, a flag! Mm-hmm. Like that's stupid. Mm-hmm. What kind of spectator sport is that? Hooray! The refs intervened. Yeah, it's funny because there was a lot of pushback on Sherman yesterday, and then today it seems like you know there's an op-ed piece in the Times. There was the Sherman rebuttal. There was an op-ed piece on the front page of ESPN. There was an op-ed piece in the. Uh, on Deadspin, there was an op-ed piece on Huff- Huffington Post, and basically everybody's like, "Guys, give him a break." I mean, I, I kind of feel like Russell Will or Richard Sherman is the Miley Cyrus of the NFL. It's like every, you can get all bent he's out of shape about ball. it. Yeah, he's a wrecking ball, first of all, but uh, but you can get all bent out of shape about him. But really, who has the time? <laughs> who has the time to be like, <laughs> like, come on, guys? It's a game yeah. about hitting each other in the face as hard as you could do it. 
I'm, and, also, I'm sure it's the people who are talking the most are the people who don't actually watch a full season oh, of yeah. NFL. Yeah. Which is the same, like, the people who do the most talking about Miley Cyrus don't listen to Miley Cyrus CDs. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah, of course. Anyway, uh, so this one goes out to the Richard Sherman, or I'm sorry, the Miley Cyrus of the NFL, Richard Sherman. <laughs> I like to call Miley Cyrus the Richard Sherman of pop music. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. In few ways. Yeah. Uh, so this one goes out to you. She's got the chops to back it up. She's actually a pretty good singer, dude. I have no idea. I saw her on SNL Live, and I was like, she can sing, man. She, she's, I guess she's been doing it since she was like 12 years old in the Disney factory, so. Yeah. Makes sense, but, like, she's got pipes, man. She can sing a lot better than a lot of other uh, singers out there. Anyway, uh, I might have, might have just gotten some more hate. (laughs) (laughs) Direct your hate mail to Jesse at... Personal? No, I'm just. Um, no, go ahead and do that because that is not an email address. <laughs> All right, Jesse, what are you drinking this week, man? Uh, I'm drinking free beer from work, a porter that I've been liking, but I'm mm-hmm. also just kind of drinking some water, taking it easy because I yep. could literally fall asleep. This might be a short and sweet cast on my end. <laughs> You're just gonna stop talking at some point. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm drinking the uh, Full Sail Nut Brown Ale. It's the Full Sail Pub Series Limited Edition. And it is really good, just like everything Full Sail does. <laughs> I think probably like my most consistent brewery that I drink from a lot. Yeah. And affordable, delicious beer. Full Sail. And that's that. Yeah, uh, there's Newcastle is putting out a beer. I don't know why this reminded me of it, but mm-hmm. uh, Newcastle is putting out, they call it like a cabbie black ale or something. Uh-huh. If you buy a six-pack of it, or maybe if you just buy a, I'm sure you have to buy a six. I don't know, but you mm-hmm. get like five pounds off of your uh, cab fare or whatever. Really? Yeah, yeah. You get like a discount on your cab fare <laughs> if you buy this beer, which is such a cool promotion. It is a cool promotion. It's it's a uh, it's semi gimmicky, but I mean, that oh, works. It's totally man. gimmicky, but if the gimmick is getting people to drive or get home safely, you know. That's yeah, cool. but like, who, how many people buy a six pack of beer and then go drink it somewhere else? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I don't know. I read this in some sort of like beverage insider magazine, mm. so it it was kind of brief on the points. Well, speaking of beverage insiders, we got our own little beverage insider here in Rob Zip from the Rob Zip and Friends podcast. He decided to give us a call this week, and here it is. Hey guys, this is your favorite host of a podcast that's not on the Bald Move Network. Rob Zip down in Houston, Texas. I just wanted to call you guys because I haven't called you in quite a while. Um, I've lost some Facebook messages, and you've read those, and I appreciate it. So, anyway, I'm just calling to say hi and that I love you guys and to, to congratulate your Seahawks for making the Super Bowl. That's what? really freaking awesome. Um, unfortunately, there are tons of friends of mine that are also Bronco fans. Um, some of them are actually from Denver or Colorado. And some of them are just bandwagon assholes. But um, anyway, I hope it's a good game. Um, I'll be watching it, and I will I will be cheering for a good game. Hopefully Peyton Manning gets his head knocked off and Richard so, Sherman um, doesn't talk because that was really horrible for anyone who wasn't a Seahawks fan to have to listen to him. But, um, yeah, don't talk shit about Richard Sherman, I guess. Uh, that's it. All that story. All right, guys. I, um, oh. I guess I'll talk to you later. And uh, as always... I love you. Get off my back. Kiss on the lips to you, sir. I hope that 
uh, during the next two weeks, Peyton Manning just trash talked Richard yeah. Sherman <laughs> so bad. How funny would that be? It'll be awesome just because stop. <laughs> then at the end of the season, like Richard Sherman will be in a in a Papa John's commercial. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, well, we, I think we, we might be able to hit on that a little later in the show, but, um, uh, thank you for the well wishes, Rob Zip. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I said at the very beginning of the season, literally like game one, I was like, if the Seahawks don't make the Super Bowl, I'm going to be disappointed. I said, if they don't win the Super Bowl, I'm going to be disappointed. But they made it. That's pretty good. Well, my expectation going into the, into the season was to make it to the champ NFC championship game. Right. Then when I found out it was the Niners mm-hmm. that we're going to be playing against, then my expectation became to win that game. Right. So, you know, they've already met and exceeded my expectations. And this really was our Super Bowl. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to like, that. We'll get to this a little later, Jesse. Let's uh, do a little tiny Matt roll off. What do you say? Yeah, let us. Okay. We're just going to roll 20 sided dice. So you get to talk first on the cast this week. What'd you roll, J-Dog? 17. Ooh. I rolled a 10. Ooh. The streak well, is broken. Streak over. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do a little bit of science slash technology news. Science slash technology news. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs... Is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. So a guy in Ohio decided to wear his Google Glasses. Right. Google Glass. It's just called Google Glass. Google Glass. Not Google Glasses. I think it's Google Glass. It's Google Glass mm-hmm. into a movie theater. Right. And um, the result was that Homeland Security agents pulled him <laughs> from the movie and, quote, interviewed him aggressively, mm-hmm. although no charges ended up being filed. They waterboarded him. <laughs> oh, man. In the parking lot. But oh, they just to, made him watch Waterworld. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, it was a waterboarding training session, and... The agent that they were supposed to do it on was supposed to be wearing Google Glass. It was just a big misunderstanding, really. Mm, yeah. See, I don't know if that's better or worse to be <laughs> to be the guy that they practice waterboarding on. That's just the initiation, dude. That's the that's the new recruit. <laughs> that's, that's the rookie the, oh. hazing. Mm, it's like how cops like get mm-hmm. tased. Mm-hmm. Like all cops have to get tased so they know what it's like. Easily, like so- that definitely started as a hazing ritual. <laughs> it's like a bunch of like old a cops tasting ritual. <laughs> <a tasing> ritual. <laughs> a bunch of old cops were like, dude, we gotta try these things out. Who can we try them out on? And they're like, oh, the rookies. Steve! Yeah, yeah. the rookies. Hey, rookies, come here. If you wanna have a taser, you gotta get tased. We all did yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why all my cops are Andrew Dice Clay, but. Yeah. Uh, hey! So. <laughs> So the man and his wife bought tickets to tickets tickets mm-hmm. to see Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. See, totally uh, a CIA movie. That's like a movie only CIA agents would see. And he wore weekend. his Google Glass set with prescription lenses. Mm-hmm. About an hour into the film, they were approached by someone claiming to be a federal agent, <laughs> and as the user phrased it, "quote 
A guy comes near my seat, shoves a badge that had some sort of shield on it. Thanks. I can do the math on that one. Why couldn't he? Why couldn't he just? Go- why couldn't he just Google Glass the badge to see if it was authentic? <laughs> yeah. Hold on one sec. Let me cross check this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pulls the glass off my face and says, "Follow me outside immediately." It was quite embarrassing. And outside the movie, there were about five to ten cops and mall cops. Is at a mall uh, movie theater. Wow. So apparently the the questioning was voluntary, as it always like, is. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't like officially detained or anything mm-hmm. so I, I i feel like my first move here is like better call saul no my your first move is say am i being detained <laughs> yeah and, and then if they ask you a question you say am i being detained right right <laughs> so uh federal agents <laughs> they questioned the man about whom he reported to how much money he made and other things relating to the alleged piracy but when they finally uh, brought in a laptop and cable to check the contents of the man's glass and phone. Mm. They found nothing incriminating and turned him loose. I was under the impression that these things were recording all the time, no matter what. I don't think that's true. I, think I don't they know have where the capa- I got that idea. I think they have the capability to. Mm. But how do you, I think how you have do you to turn it on or recording, off. Then? There's a little button on the side. There's like a oh, little really? thing. Yeah. I thought the whole idea was like... You wear these things so, like, if you get mugged, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's got, like, video automatically yeah. uploading and everything to the internet and streaming well, at all if times. if you're walking or on the street at 2 a.m., then you turn it on. <laughs> like, it's not like <laughs> sitting at your bedside table watching you sleep. Like, <laughs> it doesn't automatically record everything it sees. <laughs> you have to, like, put it in, you have to, like, put it in a case, put it asleep. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I thought you had to, like seal it up in a kryptonite container so are you went to sleep i think the real story here is are you serious that like the fbi warning is that serious that they they plant fbi agents in movie theaters to catch guys you gotta think i mean how does how does this turn of events begin i'm sure it's like the ticket taker was like is that guy wearing google glass (laughs) <laughs> and then he like tears all the tickets, whatever. And then he goes to his manager. I was like, that guy was wearing Google Glass. That's cool, huh? And then the manager was like, uh, I don't think you should be wearing Google Glass in here. Let's have a camera. And the ticket taker was like, oh, oops. Call and the then FBI. he was like, I'm calling the mall cops. And then the mall cops like <laughs> call Homeland Security because apparently that's what they're doing. Everybody knows that Google Glass. <laughs> Oh my god, like, are you serious? How much money do you make? I don't know. Have you ever encountered a bootlegger, Jesse? Like in real life? Yeah. No. Okay, so I was walking in the Best Buy parking lot in Tacoma. And I was like... First mistake. First mistake. And then I was walking into the place, and this guy pulls up in his car, and he's like, hey, hey, hey. He's like, you like movies? And I I think I was in college, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, I got every movie. And he like... Open up this like binder, like a zip binder, and they were all burned movies, and they're all movies that were in the theater at the time. Wow! He's like, I got Gladiator. I wasn't Gladiator because I was. How much was he asking for them? They were like, he was like, these are like five bucks each. Mm. So that's what I'm saying is like, and I didn't buy any of them by the way because it's at Best Buy. They're already five dollars inside. And I don't, you don't know what kind of quality you're getting. Recorded you on someone's Google Glasses, so every time he like looks down at his popcorn, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> That's what you're saying. That's like, yeah, it's like the uh, Seinfeld episode where <laughs> Kramer is uh, doing bo- doing bootlegging. Anyway, I'm just saying the guys aren't making that much money. Like, I can't imagine like them setting up a Google Glass ring to get <laughs> to get the stuff. <laughs> Not to mention, Jesse, you make a very good point. You can't move your head during the movie. You have to like stand completely still. <laughs> Yeah, oh, maybe man. call Homeland Security when the guy sets up his Google Glass on like a mannequin head on right. a tripod. Yeah, next to well, him. And that's what I'm saying is that, uh, it's like I think that what happened here is that he went and saw Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, which <laughs> is a Jack Ryan movie. The only people who know that Jack Ryan is like a serialized Tom Clancy character are people from the military. Yeah, so, so they were already in the theater. Yeah, so there's just some <laughs> dude who's like on a uh, on a Saturday going to see a movie, and then, <laughs> and this other dude's like, "I gotta get into action now." <laughs> I like how he waited too. I like how he was like, "I gotta chill out here for a little." I don't know if I'm gonna do it. It's my day off. I'm gonna embarrass my wife. But then he was just like, "I gotta do it." And then, like, got up and then arrested the guy. All uh, right, cyborg, you're yeah. coming with me if you voluntarily choose to do so. I think that this is nerd profiling, and I'm against it. It is nerd profiling. Mm-hmm. That's movie-watching while nerd 101. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not to mention, dude, if Google has its way, what are they going to do, arrest everybody in the movie theater? I'm, uh... uh yeah, I mean... It is an interesting thing. Like, at what point? Because I mean, recording devices are becoming ubiquitous, right? And I feel like even if you like flip through the Sky Mall, they're like, "This is a baseball hat with a camera in it." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, that's only for people who work on Jackass. That that stuff's been around forever. Yeah. Anyway, at yeah. least the Google Glass users are pretty open about the fact that they have a recording device on their face. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this is it's it's really lame that stuff like this happens. I hope that they gave him another ticket so he could actually watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure the guy obviously has some uh, cash to spend if he is going to the movies by himself wearing Google Glass. I think the <laughs> guy. I, um, I kind of got the feeling from this interview that the Google Glass wearer was a little antagonistic to begin with. Mm-hmm. So. So let me know. get this straight. I'm sitting I'm in the movie. I'm blaming the nerd victim on this one. I, I'm sitting in a movie theater and the dude sticks a badge in my face and says, "You need to come with me." I'm not going to be like a little shield. taken aback by this thing. Yeah, I. I mean, you would. Am I being I detained? <laughs> Are you actually a cop? <laughs> That's my first question. Let me Google your credentials. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a Google search of your name real quick. Oh, history of tasing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> playing by your rules. You can ask That's Jerry over here how his tasing be, went. You're supposed to be suspended without leave currently because of a tasing. Oh, okay. Never, uh, you got the taser out. Um, <laughs> never you mind that. Oh man, America's America, man. America is America. Don't tase me, bros. Well, nerd discrimination, ladies and gentlemen, in the the world. 
Yeah. Anyway. Mostly in America. Mostly in America. Because we have the most nerds. <laughs> per capita. Most nerds per capita. I think uh, China and Japan might have something to say about that. I don't think so. Korea. <laughs> nerds per capita. Country with nerds per capita, I think Korea, South Korea might take the cake. Well, this is the thing. Like Things like StarCraft are so socialized over there that we all watch the Seahawks play the 49ers on Sunday and they all tune into the, to the uh, StarCraft match. Mm-hmm. So, are they nerds if they're everybody? I don't know. Yes. That would be like saying everybody who watches football is a nerd. No. Everybody who watches baseball is a nerd. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you follow Sabermetrics. Mm-hmm. Sabermetrics nothing, is my favorite X-Man. Nothing has sounded cooler but actually been more boring than Sabermetrics. <laughs> Same like, okay, uh, it'd be like if, if there was a like on the History Channel, like uh, one hour uh, documentary on saber metrics. I'd be like, all right, I want to learn all these dimensions on these cool swords. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. and then I would be very disappointed. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> you would. Oh man. Well, I guess that science is for this week, huh? Yep. All right. Well, we're gonna move on to Seco Topo, or my first Topo. And this one uh, is going to be right off of uh, our good listener, Mike Merriman. He says, how about a Seahawks Super Bowl edition to get off my running back for old time's sakes? Or maybe a football-themed edition of PA next week, Stay Arrogant. And, uh, Jesse, I think you know what this means. Are you going to play the intro song? Hello, football fans, and welcome to Get Off My Running Back, your special edition rock and roll football dance party brought to you by the Bald Moon Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week is a very special guest host. You know him. You love him from the Personal Arrogance Podcast. That's right. It's none other than your favorite redhead. His name is... Uh, Jesse, Mr. Sleep Depp Wilson. Jesse, welcome to the cast. Thank you. It's an honor to be on this podcast. Thank a you. A cast within a cast. A cast within a cast. And uh Castception. Very special edition of the Get Off My Running Back podcast this week, because it's the Super Bowl, guys. So, uh, Jesse, I don't know if you want to do a count point-counterpoint, or if you just want to approach this from an approachable standpoint, but I, uh, you know, as I stated on my other podcast, I haven't seen a lot of actual and analytical breakdown of the Seahawks and Broncos game that's right. coming up in uh, in a week and a half here. And uh and Jesse, I just want to get your initial thoughts here. You have the number one offense, a record breaking offense, maybe one of the best offenses of all time, versus the number one defense, a record breaking defense, maybe one of the best defenses of all time. This is an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. So right. what's your initial analysis of this? Oh, I don't know. You got to look at that Broncos team and be a little scared. If you're a Seahawks fan, they just got so many uh, weapons with Thomas and mm-hmm. Thomas and Welker and no Sean. I mean, and of course, Peyton Manning, I guess the right. list goes on. Don't forget Eric Decker. 
Yeah, Decker. Even Monty Ball is a force to be mm-hmm. reckoned with. That's true. It, it, it does look scary. I just think that, um, you know, I'm looking at a lot of analysis. In fact, I'm going to read some uh, read something from Derek who wrote to us on uh, Facebook. He is He is rooting for the Seahawks in this game, but... He says, I don't think the amazing defense will be enough to uh, to edge the Broncos out 34-24 to 24 Broncos. But I will say that I'm pulling for the Seahawks. The old saying, defense wins championships, is going by the wayside, and that stinks. So good luck, Hawks. What do you think about this idea that uh, the defense is going to the birds? Literally. I can't, I can't really speak to it too much. As- mm-hmm. As a more modern uh, NFL fan, I've kind of always grown up in the quarterback league, as it were. Yeah. Well, this is the thing about it, is that when you look at uh, recent wins in the Super Bowl, you have some pretty good defenses that are winning the Super Bowl. You have the Ravens last year, pretty good defense. Uh, Actually, this game reminds me a lot of the kind of of the uh, Steelers defense that, that beat the Seahawks in 2006, except like the roles are reversed. It's like a prolific offense, an MVP style offense versus a, uh, a really stout defense. And uh, that team has like a scrambly quarterback who kind of just makes points out of nothing. That's what Ben Roethlisberger's role was that year. And this is kind of what Russell Wilson's role is this year. I just kind of don't think that the Seahawks are getting any credit. And I think that part of this reason is because nobody has watched the Seahawks, whereas everybody's watched the Broncos all season. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Seahawks yeah. had three. When you talk about narratives. You talk about narratives, and that's true. I mean, there's a team of destiny here. You have Peyton Manning, third Super Bowl for this guy. He's won one. He's lost one. He's having uh, – he just broke the single-season touchdown passing mark. Uh this could be his swan song year. A lot of people are saying if he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to retire after this season. Um, so there's that story. He's also I one find of that only. Hard to believe. Yeah, well, he's also one of only three quarterbacks to take two different teams to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, something tells me that Peyton Manning loves making money. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does his own goddamn commercials for Papa John's. Papa John's. I think that paycheck that he knows he could get for another season, especially if he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Um, but there's, I, the thing is like, I don't think people understand how good the Seahawks pass defense is like, yeah, especially. And I've heard people say it might come down to the weather here. If it's a right. cold game, it's going to be hard to throw. And then that game might be determined by defense and run running game i think if this turns into a running game then the broncos are screwed because yeah totally look at and look at look, you, look at what happened man. to drew Brees two weeks ago i don't even know who that is drew Brees. i is don't have a rear view mirror <laughs> he's the quarterback of the saints but oh, like the saints, I, I think maybe i've heard of him the saints came into seattle really <laughs> yeah the saints came into seattle and uh basically they switch up their whole game plan due to weather became a one-dimensional team the seahawks shut them down for the game. Right. Uh, and this is the thing about the Seahawks. They're, Peyton Manning hasn't seen a defense like this in a long time. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to say. I think that um, the Arizona Cardinals are better than any team in the AFC. 
I honestly think that. You I think, think the, the Arizona Cardinals are better than the than the Denver Broncos? Yeah, I think the Cardinals could beat the Broncos easily. Okay. Mm. And I just think the NFC is that much better of a conference than the AFC is. I heard this. I saw this thing today. This guy was like, oh, no, the AFC is a way better conference. And I was like, are you serious, man? We had a 10-win <laughs> team that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. The, like our 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 fifth and sixth seeds were both twelve and four. It's simply not true that the AFC is better than the NFC. But let, that I, is a that is a quantifiable fact that the NFC is better this year. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some stats here. So I'm gonna start with passing defense for the Seahawks. Okay, uh, passing yards, two thousand seven hundred fifty-two yards allowed this season. You say, well, geez, that's a lot of yards, isn't it? Well. You could say that's a lot of yards, except not over how many games. Well, it's it's you know it's spread over sixteen games. But number two in the NFL, the Seahawks have two thousand seven hundred fifty-two yards. Number two in the NFL passing yards, thirty-one oh five. That means that the Seahawks had three hundred fifty yards less than the next opponents. Okay, yeah, that's an entire game. <laughs> uh, yards per attempt, five point eight. The next best. Well, I guess the next miss was 5.9. We'll we'll let that one go. <laughs> Great stats by Eric Walkwist. Great stats by Eric Walkwist. Uh, interceptions, 28 interceptions. Next best, 23. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I mean, this defense is good at takeaways. Yeah, and, and def- uh, touchdowns allowed. This, they're actually second in the lead in touchdowns, passing touchdowns allowed, 16. So they give up an average of one passing touchdown a game. Wow, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. When you're talking about, but I mean, that's what makes it interesting because Peyton Manning threw what seven, seven in one game. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so he he matched the Seahawks' average for seven games in one game. Yeah, that. Right? I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about—the unstoppable force, immovable object. Yeah, and 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 that's. I don't think that people are giving the Seahawks' defense enough credit here. You know as what? Good it's as... fine though, because the Seahawks play best when they're underdogs. They like That's... to be underdogs, and I'm fine with that too. But like, what I'm saying is that as good as the Denver offense has been this year, the Seahawks defense has been just as good. If you want to look right. at it from an entire unit, uh, which is more impressive when you understand the rule yeah. changes that have benefited. Absolutely, offenses. that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to go. If you want to go off of what Derek has said here, that in today's world, defense doesn't win championships because everything is so offensive-minded. Uh, the refs are calling everything on the field, uh, trying to get the def- uh, offense to move the ball down the field. Like, the, the Seahawks have been able to do something amazing this season. Like, they're not they're not only leading the NFL in all these character in categories, they're blowing people out in these categories. 14.4 to 5.9 guys. <laughs> 14.4 points a game allowed by the Seahawks. That's nuts. That's nuts. That's insane. If they can do that to the Broncos, then it's a win. Well, I mean, and I look at this and I see the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense is no good, man. Oh man, it was abysmal. It's like soft butter. Yeah, but how many points did they give up this week? 23. Not many. Yeah, I know. I was watching that game. I was like, "Wow, Hawks win this game." Well, Easy. well, and I mean, part of that Denver got a lead, and then I think they were trying to milk the clock a little bit, but right. Um, but like, I, I, I really don't think that you could compare the the 
the Patriots defense to the Seattle defense. They are night and day. And you look at the leagues, too. I mean, the leagues are completely different leagues. You have Seattle, Carolina, and San Francisco in the NFC. Those are three. I would say those are the three best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. Um, New Orleans is actually really up there, too. I mean, New Orleans only allowed 305 yards a game. They actually allowed less yards a game than San Francisco did. You also have Arizona sitting at number six. This is the defensive league. And Peyton Manning didn't have any experience with these teams. Uh, yeah, that's the, if you put Peyton Manning in the NFC, I don't think he breaks those records this year. I don't think he breaks those records. I don't think his team's thirteen and three. I think that the AFC is a, is a, a pass happy offensive league, and I don't think there are any good defensive powerhouses in that league. Cincinnati's the only one. Well, that I came mean, close. you got the Cowboys. <laughs> that's in the NFC. Oh wait, you don't have the Cowboys. Uh, the other thing that you got to look at here is that I forget that I, for some reason I feel like they're in the AFC. I don't. Maybe it's because they stink. I, I guess. <laughs> the other aspect of this is that um, you look at the offenses, right? Uh, and Seattle is, I think they're the 17th ranked offense, which isn't that great. And uh, Indianapolis is the 19th ranked defense over the league. But Seattle hasn't encountered a defense ranked that low. Since the Vikings game. Wow. Yeah. And they blew out the Vikings. They blew them out of the water. This is the other, this is the other aspect that nobody's focusing on is the turnaround. Um, and the thing I really want to talk about is Marshawn Lynch, dude. Marshawn Lynch is in full fledged beast mode at this point. He has leveled up recently and it showed. He did, dude. The last two games against the, uh, the fourth-ranked defense in New Orleans Saints and the fifth-ranked defense in the San Francisco 49ers, uh, the last two games he has 249 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. I think that if Marshawn Lynch runs for 100 yards in this game, Seahawks are going to win. Well, this this is what I wanted to say. is like, how do you beat Peyton Manning? Mm-hmm. You keep him on the bench. Mm-hmm. You control the clock. Right. And that's what the Seahawks do. Time of possession is going to be huge in this. That's what the Seahawks do to teams. They create turnovers. They Uh uh, Hopefully uh, Russell Wilson will not fumble on the first (laughs) snap. Yeah, and hopefully that doesn't happen. (laughs) I've really got my fingers crossed and toesies that he does not fumble on the first snap. He got that out of his system. (laughs) This is what I'm saying is that, like, you know, and obviously this is all Homer analysis. I don't want to take anything oh, no away. Kidding. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to take any way, anything away from Denver because they are a prolific offense. They're amazing. Demarius Thomas is awesome. Julius Thomas is great. Uh, Eric Decker is like the guy who's like this. He he'll have like I had him on my fantasy team this year. He'll have like four bad games and then just have a monster game where he scores like four touchdowns because everybody forgets about him. And then right. Wes Welker is probably the best slot receiver in the game. So They've not, got a lot of bases to cover, the Seahawks yeah, defense. they do. they got a lot on their hands. I'm just saying, I think they can handle it. It's <laughs> nice that we don't have to worry about Peyton Manning running. I know. Like, that's the other part about it is, like, unlike what, the 49ers game where you had to spy Colin Kaepernick, they don't have to spy Peyton Manning. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> How frees great up, would it be, though? Yeah. Honestly, it would be hilarious if Peyton Manning broke off an 85-yard run. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all, all I'm saying is that frees up uh, that frees up one of your linebackers to to fall back in the coverage. Oh, totally, totally. And the other part about this is people are like, well, you know, Julius Thomas, and it's not going to have enough guys to cover him. It's like, all right, let me get this straight. We shut down Jimmy Graham for two games. Jimmy Graham is the best tight end in the game. I think that's 
pretty undis- indisputable at this point. But they shut down Jimmy Graham for two games. They also shut down Vernon Davis for two games, or for three games. Those are two of the best uh, corner uh, tight ends in the league. I might say that Julius Thomas is on par with Vernon Davis, but Jimmy Graham is way better than Julius Thomas. And they shut him down. The last time that he played the Seahawks, he had one catch for eight yards. Hawks linebackers are no joke. They're no joke. Not to mention you have your strong safety in Cam Chancellor, who's my size, except he's muscly. He's six <laughs> foot four, and the dude weighs like 280 pounds of muscle, and he's a strong safety. So he is the tight end killer. He's just going right. to jump on your tight end. Right. I, I just feel like the Seahawks match up really nicely. It's like you got Richard Sherman on Demarius Thomas. You got Byron Maxwell on Eric Decker. In the slot, you got uh, Richard Thurman on um, on uh, on uh, Wes Welker. He can he can run him around. Plus, you got KJ Wright uh, in the middle there with Bobby Wagner plugging up the middle, and then you got Cam Chancellor on Julius Thomas. I feel like you can plug him up. And the thing you got to do with Peyton Manning is is you got to throw off his timing. And if you can jam people at the line or if you can make them push around, right. that's going to mess up his timing. If he doesn't have the timing down, that's your opportunity to rush him and then sack him. Yeah, and there's a great pass rush. Hawks got yeah. great pass rushers. So I think that people aren't – when you hear best offense versus best defense, unfortunately in today's NFL you say, well, the offense wins every time. But the Seahawks defense is scary good. They're scary, scary good, man. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm is, excited. Can I get a little respect here? I'm Rod, Rodney Dangerfielding this thing. Can I, I get think, just well, a little bit know, of respect? Respect is hard. That's the thing. Like, I my my buddy was saying, like his uh, Niners friend was saying, nine times out of ten, ha- uh, San Francisco wins that game. <laughs> it's like, what the <laughs> hell does that even mean? I don't know, man. It's about finding a way to win, man. Like if, the Seahawks find even ways if the to win. Seahawks do win somehow, people are going to say that the Broncos are a better team. Yeah, I exactly. guarantee you that. Just because of narratives and the Peyton Manning, uh, yeah, godlike status that he is. Well, not achieved. to mention the vilifying of the, of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, but like they're creating at, this... at the center. We got the Golden Boy Russell Wilson. Who That's can do no wrong. Yeah, and not to mention you got uh, Marshawn Lynch who does all his talking on the field. Yeah, like yeah, you can't hate him. Yeah, he's just a beast, man. And like, yeah, this I feel like there's this kind of vilifying of the Seattle Seahawks, which I don't, which I really don't understand, dude. Like this whole thing about Seahawks fans throw food on injured uh, 49ers player. I haven't heard this. This is like all over the news. So um, when Navarro Bowman, he had that awful, awful injury. You saw the replay of that where his knee got turned all the way around. Yeah, that was bad. And tore his ACL, tore his MCL. They took him off on a cart as he was being carted out of the, um, carted out of the stadium. Uh, there was a sports report. I think it was for ESPN. Tweeted Seahawks fans throw food on Navarro Bowman as he is carted off the field. So you look at the replay. There's like 12 kernels of popcorn that fall on the guy as he's being carted off the field. So, obviously, this is Seahawks fan. And throw on Navarro Bowman is a pretty strong statement because there's no actually conclusive evidence that that is like pummeled down on him. There could be somebody leaning over the rail who had a few too many beers who spilled some popcorn on him. <laughs> like, that that headline is just like, let's 
let's talk about how shitty these Seahawks fans are. Well, let's stop. For one thing, let's stop calling tweets headlines. Well, they turned into a headline, man. It's like all over the place. And it's it, he made it sound like there were like 20 fans pelting him with hot dogs and beer. And like 12 popcorn kernels fell on him. Mm. And I'm not saying if it was intentional. Yeah, that's a total douchebag thing to do. That doesn't represent the 12th man. It doesn't represent all of Seahawks fans doing that. Every team has Yahoo's doing that. Or earlier in the year, um, during the Cardinals game at the 49ers, uh, when the Cardinals were playing at the 49ers, there was a, uh, a, a Cardinals player who got hit in the head. He had numbness in his legs. He's laying down on the field. The 49er fans did the wave in the stadium during yeah. that. Like, But they were just bored. That's fine. Like, I'm just saying, like, this vilification and then this whole Richard Sherman thing of, like, Oh, Richard Sherman is is the worst person in the world. Like, it, I feel like they're trying to vilify us against this hero of Peyton Manning going into the Super Bowl. And it's like, yeah, let's go ahead and root for this guy. He's only been in the Super Bowl two times before. And, uh, yeah, this is only a team that's been in the Super Bowl seven times before. Let's root against that, that city that only uh, has had one championship, and it was in the 70s, and it was with a basketball team that's now in Oklahoma City. And, like... As it, and they don't deserve to have a championship. Their sports fans don't deserve anything because uh, because the Broncos. I just this vilification of the Seahawks and the Seahawks fans is really it just kind of uh, obviously rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I think maybe you should just take a time. I'm taking a little time out. Yeah, personally from football, um, to focus on others. <laughs> just like I can't do it anymore. Like. Dude, that's how I kind of feel about it. I got so built up for that last game, and it was fun and everything. But now now it's, like, way the most blown out of proportion. And yeah. just the shittiest journalism and the weirdest people deciding <laughs> that they're football fans now. Well, and that's the other part about it, man. I have literally watched every Seahawks game since the preseason. Yeah, I so only missed one. I'm sitting on game – the Super Bowl will game be game 23 for me. Right. I'm a little exhausted. <laughs> it's hard. I'm a little it bit exhausted. Hard. Near the end of the season, I was like, man, football season is going to be over. But, you know, we're lucky enough to make it into the postseason and get to enjoy these no. extra few games. So and I'm I, not going to complain about that. And I could talk as much as I want about this. I'm like, I could totally see Peyton Manning going in and lighting at the Seahawks. Who knows what's going to happen, guys? It's, yeah, we'll see. The, the Seahawks are the first team since the 1993 Bills to not have anybody on their team have previous Super Bowl experience going into the Super Bowl. Oh, so, really? So they're pretty green. You don't know how they're going to react to that situation. There's green a lot of blue. different scenarios that pull – yeah, green and blue. There's a lot of different scenarios that could be pulled out of this. And in my mind, the Super Bowl itself is kind of a toss-up. It's an entertainment show. Like, they literally roll out a singer onto the – stage yeah. <laughs> during halftime it's just I, for entertainment guys and and i've said I, it before the nfc in the, the the division championship weekend mm -hmm. that's the real fun weekend for me i, I think right. that's the bigger thing the super bowl's stupid the the showmanship <laughs> and the hype and everything and played on neutral turf and yeah the ads and super bowl parties and all that stuff is it's not really football right so anyway, best of luck to honestly to both teams and best of luck to the fans. It's great. I know it's great for me to have the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Uh, I was raving like a madman when Sherman made that. Oh, <laughs> made that man, tip, I had man. a heart attack. I was just going nuts. Like knowing that my team was going to the Super Bowl 
is such an amazing, amazing. Can we feeling. talk about that play call there, by the way? For what? First and ten. Let's go. Let's go for this. Uh, yeah. Go for the dagger. Pass the exact same play that left us going home at the Super Bowl, by the way. <laughs> and against Richard Sherman, throw against him for the second time in the game. Yeah, let's, let's just, just test go him. against their best uh, defensive player on a one-on-one match. Oh, oh, uh, we're going home. Well, Colin Kaepernick made a bad move. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Um, that is good. Oh, man. You know the the Forty Nine er fans. The Forty Nine er fans. So much. <laughs> I really do hate Kaepernick. <laughs> the 49er fans, they were rooting for a quest for six. Apparently, Kaepernick was rooting for a quest for picks. Hey-o! hey <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, uh, Denver fans, uh, I, I am actually really happy for you. You having this feeling as well of going to the Super Bowl. And let's, it, let's just make it fun. Let's just, uh, I need to just relax. I just <laughs> have to relax. You should get into NHL for the next couple weeks. I wish, man. I just can't do it. I have such a hard time rooting for teams that aren't from Seattle. Yeah, me too. I'm a homer, man. All right, Jess, let's do some trivia. What do you say? Yeah, let us. Okay. Uh, so we're going to do Trivial Pursuit Genus 1. Thank you for bearing with our football talk if you don't like football. <laughs> Remember, guys, the time codes are at the bottom uh, in the description, so you can move ahead if you want. <laughs> a roll in a D6, see which category we're going to do. It's geography once again. I love this category. Oh, my. All right, Jesse, this question for you. What U.S. state capital was once called Le Petit Roche? It's got to be Baton Rouge. I think it's Le, Le Petit Roche, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Charlotte. Oh, my God. It's Little Rock. <laughs> the Little Rock. Well, um, is Arkansas technically a state? I'm I don't know. Convinced. I think Clinton I think... made it a state when he was president. Uh, yeah, that was his first presidential act. Yeah, decree. Finally make Missouri territory a state. <laughs> All <laughs> right. This question's for me. Where are the Nazca lines? The Nazca lines. I'm going to go with South America. Uh, I think you're right. Um, I'll just go with uh, Brazil. Well, they're in Peru. Oh. I think that's half a point, Eric. Yeah, no, that's fine. I only went with hyper-specificity to preempt your more generic one, so I had to be right to beat your answer. Okay, I like it. I'll take the point. Jesse, what state has the highest overall elevation? Oh, um, I'm going to go with Big Sky Country, Montana. All right, I'm going to go with uh, the Mile High State, Colorado. Colorado. Damn, you win. Broncos fans. Here's your uh, victory lap. <laughs> All right, Jesse, this question's for me. What mountain erupted to destroy Pompeii? That would be Mount Vesuvius. I'm pretty sure it's St. Helens. It is Vesuvius. Eric wins. But Eric Ouch. didn't win everything this week, Jesse. Uh, in fact, you won the little tiny minute roll-off. So what's your Seco Topo? Uh, we're revisiting Science Tech. All right. I'm not going to play the song again. Okay. I'm going to spare so, it. So um, <clears throat> the number sequence 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 mm-hmm. has overtaken password as the most common password amongst internet users, an online security firm says. Hello. Um, so Eric, I thought maybe we could take this opportunity to discuss some of your passwords. Okay. So Reddit is, (laughs) 
one, two, three, four, five, seven. That's where you get them. Mm-hmm. See, my problem is I've used the same passwords for a long time, and I don't know if that's a good thing. I've been using the same passwords for a long time with, yeah. like, minor variations, but it was, like, a super secure password that I got mm-hmm. originally. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> what is but it? But then uh, it's one, two, three, four, five, seven. <laughs> exclamation point. Uh-huh. <laughs> the one is an exclamation point. Right. And then it's password, password, 69. <laughs> and then the, the A's are at symbols. Yeah. And the S's, they're just uh, S's. Yeah. But the F's are dollar signs. (laughs) Yeah. Releasing its annual worst passwords list, Splash Data said, it was the first time that password has lost its number one position, changing places with its numerical rival in third place. Uh, was <laughs> one two three four five six seven eight? Hello. Unchanged from twenty thirteen. While Qwerty and ABC one two three came in fourth <laughs> and fifth. Why are people so lazy with their passwords? Like this is your <laughs> one shot to be as creative as you want to yourself. <laughs> I don't. You just. This is know. like your moment of creativity to your own soul, and then this is something you'll remember the rest of your life. Right. Yeah, it is true. If it's it like, sticks with you for a long time. It's, it's like, like putting really, a tattoo on your heart. No one can see it, but only etched. you know what it's on there. <laughs> yeah, laser etched in there. Yeah. So you'll like this one, Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, climbing two ranks from mm-hmm. 11 to 9 is um, all lowercase one word, I love you. Oh, that's nice. That's kind of touching, right? Yeah. I, I love you. See, this is if you if you follow that that idea that this is just a little message to yourself. There's a lot of people who are, are uh, you know emotionally taking care of themselves out there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I can get behind that. Swordfish didn't make the list. Swordfish. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so, it was like uh, really big for one year. I think that maybe a good New Year's revo- resolution mm-hmm. one year might be. Um, Change all your passwords to, like, new, secure passwords. Yeah, I guess. I think that'd be a good one. I guess, like, the best passwords are, like, phrases. Yeah. What I've heard is you can, like, take a phrase and then do, like, the first letter from each one. So you could be, like, personal arrogance podcast rules. Get off my back. <laughs> so it'd be, like, P-A-P-R-G-O-M-B. And then, like, 6969. <laughs> And then an exclamation point. Uh, Well, from what I understand, the best passwords are like long passwords with a mixture of uppercase, lowercase uh, symbols and numbers. Right. So if you can figure out like a nice long phrase and type that out, that's going to make your password more secure. My password is actually with a Cyrillic letters, so mm -hmm. I have to change my keyboard to Russian to type it in and then change it back (sighs) afterwards. Susceptible to Russian hackers. Oh, geez, what's a, a nation with not a lot of hackers that I could use? <laughs> Snowden's on I'm your Gmail, Ni- bro. Nigeria? Yeah, Nigeria's a good one. Okay. I don't think Nigeria is actually the source of the hackers. I think that's like the that's the front country. No, I think oh. they're from there. Interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Yeah, how about Canada? Oh, well, okay, then I'll switch to a Canadian keyboard. There you go. The A is actually replaced with an E-H question mark. (laughs) 
I love it. That's the only difference. Uh, I would I would venture to guess there are more hackers in Canada than in Nigeria. <laughs> just a guess. Yeah, just ask Yuri. <laughs> that smarmy fellow. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I I think that you're supposed to do like a long phrase. So really, if you want to do like the best one, would be uh, give us a call, leave us a voicemail. At 360-362-0024. And I think that would probably be a really good password. Oh, I thought you were asking people to call us and leave their passwords. Yeah, leave their passwords. No, that's what I'm saying. That whole phrase, give us a call, leave us a voicemail <laughs> at 360-362-0024, period. That is period, a good one. Would be that a, is actually not bad. That would be a great password. No one would ever Except, hack that. Yeah, all the uh, S's are dollar signs. And all the A's are E-H question mark. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Ah, oh, password talk. Yep, so that's it. That's uh, Science and Text Part 2 for this week's episode. Sounds good. All right, my second topic this week, it's going to have to do with uh, a little bit of TV, Jesse. So Uh-oh. I've been on Netflix lately, and I've been watching this show. I've been consuming it. It's called... What? The X-Files? No. Oh. Haven't gotten on that yet. But I've been watching a show called Idiot Abroad. Oh, that's the new Ricky Gervais deal, right? Yeah, it's Ricky Gervais uh, and his buddy Carl Pilkington. And they send this guy all around the world and he basically gripes the whole time. (laughs) And initially I found it annoying yeah, that sounds pretty annoying. But it grows on you so hard. Hmm? It grows hmm. on you like crystals on a popsicle stick in a sugar water. You are more of a Ricky Gervais fan than I am. Yeah, but like Ricky Gervais really isn't that much of the show. Well, but it's, it's like his sense of humor, though. No, it's mostly just Carl Pilkington. Like, they really... Sp- Is that a real sp- guy? Is that your real-ass name? Yeah, dude, that's a British Carl name. Carl Pilkington? That is a British name if I've ever heard one. Yeah, I know, and this is why I hate the British. <laughs> stupid names like that. <laughs> among other offenses. Well, the worst thing about the name Carl Pilkington, if you're British, is that you go to foreign countries, and you tell people that your name is Carl. Because you don't say R, because you're British. So he walks up to people and like, hi, my name's Carl. <laughs> or he's like, Carl. And they're like, Carl? He's like, no, Carl. Oh, Carl? No. <laughs> like, that is just the worst name to have if you have a British accent. Yeah, that's true. I we, feel like I might be able to get behind this show. It's actually, it grows on you so hard, man. Carl Pilkington as a as a anti-hero will grow on you very hard. So and he's, then he, he goes he's for, something of a Richard Sherman? He's a little, he's something of a Richard can he jump as high? Ex- What's his vertical leap like? He's exactly like Richard Sherman. Oh, it is actually Richard Sherman. Yeah. Now, that's a travel show I would watch. Yes. So, anyway, I've been watching the show. I recommend it to our listeners. But the thing that made me think about it, uh, the thing that, that brought this up was that, um, you know, Jesse, you and I, a long time ago, we had this pipe dream <laughs> of going on The Amazing Race. Yeah. And I think that our time is probably passed on that. I th- I think that uh, <laughs> leaving for six months from our lives to go on a stupid race on television is probably behind us at this point. I don't know. 
I, I'm, I'm still down. Maybe we'll do it when we retire. We'll be the old guys. Uh, <laughs> Something tells me I'm more uh, open to this idea than you are. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm just saying, Jesse, if we had a travel show, I'm just saying let's throw out The Amazing Race and let's have a travel show. Oh, the personal arrogance. Would, I feel like we could do a good travel show. The personal arrogance, Travic Scandinavian. The Scandinavian Travic Scanza. Yes. <laughs> we go to our first country is a little known Soviet bloc, former Soviet bloc, Eastern European nation called Travic Scanza. Mm hmm. Love it. I went a long way for that joke. <laughs> I traveled 22,000 miles for that joke. I'm sorry. I was swallowing, so I couldn't laugh. Travic Scanza? Um, Costanza. <laughs> George Costanza. Um, but no, this could, and I've also, you know, I've been talking about this long way round and long way down shows where they just ride motorcycles. Right. Two buddies on the open road. I don't know, man. I feel like the best part would be when we get tired of each other and start mm-hmm. throwing hissy fits and slapping each other in the balls. So day two, <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll make it that far. Oh man, I was throwing the football with with Lydia after the game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Straight nut shot. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that one hurt. There's nothing uh... like getting hit with a football in the nads. It hurts a My... lot. My daughter is does this thing now. When you pick her up, sometimes she kicks her legs. <laughs> and it's right, like if I get her chest high, it's right in the danger zone. It's really dangerous. It's about getting up and under. <laughs> yeah, it's just got an angle. That's the problem. Like, and that's what happened with this ball. Is we're playing in we we're playing in the street. It bounced on the ground and then bounced up right into my nads. <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway, well, that 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 shot will be included in the. <laughs> In the opening s- credits. Scandus Neva's Grisha Yeah, I don't know if this show's gonna get picked up or not at this rate. Alright, we gotta figure out what our angle is here. So there's some places you go, you know, no reservations, you go, you eat the food of the local culture. Yeah. Uh there's some you just go, you ride your motorcycle around. I think there's some you gripe. Kind of our thesis statement should be like everyone's a Everyone's a nerd of mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Let's travel around the world and find all the nerds of whatever it is. All the people who are super into what they're into. Yeah, we'll go to the we'll go to the South Korean StarCraft II tournament. Yeah, I mean that one's a little on the nose, right? But maybe we go to like the like South America, like the Cayman breeders. Love it. And learn all about like oh, Cayman breeding and all the nerdy intricacies of it, and I- then we like. Tr- travel to like the uh like ancient potters or not ancient but like traditional style potters and get all like the I don't think those guys cool are nerdy nerds. insights. I don't think the potters are nerds. I, well that's the thing. You you can be a nerd about anything. You, you gotta find geek. that guy. You can who's be such a geek a about, about anything. We've talked about this. It's the geek slices of the nerd pie. Okay. Then we'll take the geeks. Right. So we, I feel like geek, the Cayman we call it geek seek. Geek seek. I love it. We travel around seeking out geeks. <laughs> I love the Cayman Breaver. I feel like the Cayman is going to be like the new uh, sloth in like two years. Because <laughs> Caymans are so weird and nobody talks about them. But they're like yeah. crazy crocodiles. 
the crazy crocs how could you not love a caiman uh because it killed my family are you serious yeah oh geez. my whole family was killed by caimans <laughs> Actually, just one caiman. They made a movie about it. I'm sorry. Matt Damon is a hunter. Yeah, the caiman hunter. Yeah. Caiman Damon. It's kind of, <laughs> they called him Caiman Damon. It's right. the movie's the movie is Caiman the Dark. <laughs> Cam, the sequel's Caiman the Water. Caiman the Water. With the <laughs> yeah, you've never heard, that was about my family. You didn't know that. Caiman the Night. <laughs> Game of the night. <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. Geek seek. <laughs> Geek seek. We gotta do it. Uh Look for oh, on discovery. I, I I love this idea. Yeah. With all the drivel go. that's on there these days. Well, um <clears throat> Disco, as I like to call it, yep. Discovery Channel was calling around, snooping around the Puget Sound. Oh really? trying to figure out whether or not to do a reality show about gooey duck divers. <laughs> Somehow less extreme than deadliest catch. <laughs> Liveliest catch. But more extreme than uh, the duck hunter show. Mm-hmm. I guess just having duck in the title. So it's just gooey duck dynasty? Gooey duck dynasty. Exponentially less homophobic. <laughs> Exponentially more gooey. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So there's that show too. All right, dude, we got it. Geek Seek. Let's let's shoot a pilot. And uh, while right. we're at it, I guess we're gonna shoot our Amazing Race uh, tryout video. <laughs> so we got to figure out what we're doing for that. I'm thinking yeah, two hours of straight podcasting. That's yeah, it. I, I say we just. I, an email that's simply a link to our iTunes. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Done. You know, drop the mic. Yeah. And then a picture of Ralph Macchio and uh, who's the guy who played Slater on Saved by the Bell? Uh, KJ Wright. Yep. AC Slater yep. is um, Mario Lopez. Yeah. So Ralph Macchio and Mario Lopez. You're Macchio. One person on the cabinet, but. <laughs> But yeah, that I the, know. Who's the Secretary of Defense, Jesse? Uh, KJ Wright. Yeah, exactly. I think you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, Jesse, I think uh, I think that's I think that's the end of my topic. All right, so let's uh, move on to the um, Facebook round. But before we do, we want to tell you about the Bald Move Network. Uh, guys, the shows are coming back. Aaron and Jim are coming back. Don't freak out, okay? The shows will be back. They're taking a hiatus, but guess what? If you want to hang out with them, you can fly down to San Diego uh, at the end of February. We're going to have a meetup. Keep your ear to the ground on the Bald Move Facebook page. <laughs> You're going to have to stop promoting this until you have a time, date, and place. Well, I have the time, date, and place, but I want to wait till we're a month away. <laughs> it's oh, like a month okay. and a half right away. Now, like, kind of be in San Diego. Just be there. We're going to be in San Diego. I'm going to release the details at the end of January as to where we're going to be and when we're going to be there. We have a Facebook event. It's all queued up, guys, but we're not going to release it uh, until the day comes. But we're going to be in SoCal uh, at the end of February. Uh, the meetup is going to be, I believe, on March 1st. So uh, so keep your ear to the ground for that. Uh, in other news, because show, you love it. You love the ladies. They're from Southern California as well. So check out that show. 
uh, for all of your uh, good advice and that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, we also have up here's downstairs, guys. You know what? You love it. Downton Abbey's back, and that means up here's downstairs is back as well. So check out the Ball Move Network, everything there that you love, and you love to listen to it. Um, and then you can always get in touch with us. You can write us an email, personalergates at gmail.com. You can give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. You can uh, find us on uh, the Bald Move Facebook page. We're also on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. We're on Twitter at Personal Podcast. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. That is like the greatest thing. We love it when you do that. If you want to support the show, go to iTunes and uh, rate and review us there. That's really, really great. We love it when you do that. Uh, and then you can also just tell a friend if you don't have the internet and uh, you're listening to this. On a record, and it's the post-apocalypse. And uh, you can give the record to somebody else. Because uh, this podcast will love on forever. Hopefully. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's how you can get in touch with us. Uh, we do have our Facebook page. Every week we go on there and we say, Hey, we're recording tonight. What do you want us to talk about? And then you tell us what to talk about and we talk about it. Mike says, What are your favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time? Any memorable ones for you, Jesse? I can't really think of any. I think the Budweiser. That's what I was going to say, Budweiser, but, I mean, that kind of is stupid. Well, I liked the year after that when they introduced the Chameleons. That was probably my most memorable one. The initial <coughs> Chameleon go. one was good. Also, I always harken back to, I distinctly remember this, like the first Gladiator commercial I saw the for the movie Gladiator was during the Super Bowl. It was during the Rams uh, Titans Super Bowl, and they like were showing oh, all that's these a sh- boring lineup. <laughs> they were showing all Who these won shots. That one, uh, the Rams. Yeah, came down to the last yard for the Titans, but they couldn't pull it off. Um, Ouch. But uh, during that game, I, re- I distinctly remember this. They were cutting in scenes from Gladiator, the Gladiators fighting eth- each other with scenes of football players like slamming into each other. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was very effective and it made me want to watch the movie. So I'm going to go with the Gladiator commercial. Gerilyn says, hugs or drugs? Why, why not both? I'm going to go with hugs. It is National Hug Day. Mm, I'll take drugs. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly, like, if I, I'm not a big hugger anyway. I really mm. only hug my wife by choice. I've hugged you so many times. I don't like hugging. When you get drunk, you're um, a hugger. Yeah, but see, that's already the drugs are involved. Oh, I so. guess so. <laughs> if you're counting booze as a drug, then yeah, I'm still going drugs. Everybody knows booze is not a drug, sir. It, it's not <laughs> a foreign substance that affects your uh, mental mindset. In no way whatsoever. Uh, Derek, oh, we got we read that one. Rory says your first drinking experiences. It's rather personal. <laughs> Is it? Personal um, I remember. Podcast. I think the first time I ever drank beer, I I I snuck a warm Fosters out of the garage and uh, took like two swigs off of it and then threw it in the bushes because it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I also remember going over to one of my friend's houses after like middle school, and he was like one of the bad kids. Yeah. And his older sister had bought uh, MGD, 
and gave Uh-oh. me a can of MGD, and I took like a couple drinks of that, and then I <laughs> snuck around the back of the house by where the recycling cans were and dumped it all out because I thought it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, like the first time I got super drunk was at my sister's wedding because the uh, <laughs> the fellow groomsmen kept sneaking me drinks because they thought it was funny that I was getting drunk. I got the spins. My dad drove me home. That's then, a little irresponsible of them. It is. Uh, my dad drove me home, and then I puked on the floor of my of my bedroom. Oh, yeah, that's bad. It wasn't that great. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> the greatest of drinking experiences. But you know, whatever. You should have been like a young Jesse Wilson and just dumped it. Well, there was a lot of mixing of beer and wine as well. Yes, yeah, they was, were. They were. I mean, that's like sadistic. Yeah, it was uncharted territory. Let's get this young man so wasted he's gonna get sick. Yep. I just remember because we had like pasta, like chicken pasta for dinner. I remember it twice. it twice. I remember it twice. Okay, Jim says I'm pretty sure this will be covered, but uh, would love to hear your breakdown of the Richard Sherman post game blow up. Jesse, we haven't talked about this yet. What do you think? Who? It, he's a Wall Street guy. I think so. Okay. I, I think he was in the movie Wolf of Wall Street. Too big to fail as far as I'm concerned. That's what I'm saying. Jacob says, now that football's over, who's ready for some baseball, Jesse? Speaking of barfing, blah. <laughs> By the way, Jacob, football's not over. <laughs> Tim says, what is 5 log 10 divided by 7? I don't know, 69? I think that's right. Yeah, pretty uh, sure. Brandon says, what's a good game to play with friends? Well, having a few drinks, and no, I'm still not cut up yet. Brandon, come on, man. You've had two weeks now. you got to listen to us nonstop. Um, good games to play while drinking. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I mean, it's the best one for drinking. Battle Quarters. Quarter. It's Coin Slayer, sir. Coin Slayer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just stuff that doesn't involve a lot of reading. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I feel like the the thing about Cards Against Humanity is that it reaches the perfect apex of lack of reading and fun. <laughs> right? It's like yeah. the min- most minimal reading you can have while having fun. Yeah, every now and then they, they sneak in one of those, uh, ridiculously long ones yeah besides that yeah um i wish i had a better answer for you but really i mean we play a lot of complex games and they're not that fun when you're drinking why do we play when we're drinking uh i don't know Catan would be good i guess Catan. simple enough hive I, i'm throwing out hive oh yeah hive for sure hive's good um also my friends made drunk drunk jenga which is pretty fun it's regular it's- jenga but you write a Different things on all of the Oh, things. yeah, I remember that from college. Yeah, not bad. Uh, but yeah, Hive. We're going to recommend Hive. Matt Dolan says, uh, I found you guys thanks to the walking, watching Dead Gentlemen, Jim and Aaron, a while back. As I know, you two love board games. I have to ask, have you played the co-op defense uh, Walking Dead game? Got it for Christmas, and I've really liked it, but wanted your input on it as I am a board game novice. So board game pros get off my back. I haven't played this game. I haven't actually played a new game in a while. I will say Game of Thrones, I think, is my favorite game that I've played in recent memory. Yeah. 
Game of Thrones yeah, is real. But good. no, I, I haven't I haven't played The Walking Dead. It's a co op it's a what? Co op defense Walking Dead game. So, oh. That sounds like it could be fun. Yeah, it's like pandemic with zombies. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, okay. I, I was kind of picturing it more like a if it was more on like a Game of Thrones, like an RPG sort of style. Mm. Is that or, or yeah. uh, uh, Arkham Horror RPG style? I mean, maybe I think it's probably more like a, like I said, like a pandemic or a flashpoint where they just uh, keep no coming. way. You you don't make a Walking Dead game and make it meta. You know, you make it about the people. Walking Dead's all about the characters. Well, <laughs> I like how we're both debating over a game we've never we're played. A game we've never played. <laughs> Finally, Levi says, uh, "Growlers preferable to buying your beer bottled." Jesse, go. Um, using growlers is more green. If you're into the environment more, then yeah, do growlers. If you're into supporting your local breweries, do growlers. Totally, it's really cool. That said, I, I if you really do the math on it, a lot of times buying the six pack is cheaper. It is cheaper. But, Which I I think is stupid. I think that the growler... Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because you see a big jug of beer and you think, well, that should be expensive. But when you actually do the math because it's a, a growler is, what, 64 ounces? Yeah. And then, a, so a six-pack of 12 ounces is... So that's 72. But when you see a six-pack, you don't think it's as much beer as a growler because you just see the big jug. Right. It's weird. It's It's like one of those weird, like, Volume things, that you yeah. Don't realize what's going on. Yeah, I, I kind of, I tend to agree. When I get a growler, though, is when I go to a brewery and they, they're not selling the bottled beer there, and I want to get yeah. some beer. That's you know, that's your. You're gonna situation. see more and more of that. Yeah, I love my growl. I love my hydro flask. I use it a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I like supporting breweries that are. Maybe younger and aren't ne- don't necessarily have the presence in the supermarkets, which can be hard to find. So it's good to go and support them for take home beer, as yeah. opposed to showing up and sitting there on your keister on a bar stool all day. Yeah, Levi. Yeah, Levi. All right, Jesse. Let's do some recos and call it a cast. What do you say? I only got one, so all you right. go first. Well, I only got one too. So uh, my reco this wow. week is going to be. Weird. A comic book that I've been reading that is so good. It's so freaking good. What? Suicide Squad? No. (laughs) I do have the complete first run of Suicide Squad because I'm a boss. (laughs) But no, the comic book that I'm reading is Saga. It is a space opera. Uh, It's super imaginative. The art is beautiful. The writing is excellent, and there are two trades out right now. You could pre-order the third trade. The only complaint I have about these trades is that they're too short because I love this story so much. And, uh, God, it makes the bus rides go by fast. And I just got the uh, volume two in the mail today, and I'm very, very excited about it. If you haven't read Saga, if you haven't read a comic book before, and you're wondering what all the fuss is about, Saga is the book for you. Like, cool. Lydia wants to read this. Yeah. Because art is so beautiful, and it's outside of any superhero realm that you've uh, encountered before. Author? Oh, God. Now you're putting me on the spot. 
Sorry. I'm gonna have to Google it. But Saga, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Jesse, tell me your Seco Reco Saga guys. Seriously. Mine's pick kind up. of along the same lines of Eric's. I've been watching a cartoon show on Netflix that I've really been enjoying. Uh-huh. And it's a little show you've heard it of it, Eric. It's called Adventure Time. Oh yeah. Um, all the millennials like me <laughs> seem to have fallen in love with it, and I like <laughs> it too. Yeah. It's about Finn who's a human in a post-apocalyptic world where everything is like magical uh, candy monsters and evil uh, skeletons and stuff. And his dog, Jake, who isn't really his dog, it's his best friend. And <laughs> that's by the guy who did Bender. Right. And uh, it's it's just fun. I, I actually have been watching it with my daughter, who is it's honestly probably a little too adult <laughs> for her, but she just likes watching the fun cartoons. So it's been a good... I, we found a common ground in this. Yeah, I was talking to my mother-in-law after the last Seahawks game, and while I was talking to her, this was muted on the TV... And like my eyes kept drifting to it because it was so, yeah, I was like so interested in what was going on. But I was also very cool. It's fun. He's like, he like pulls out swords and stuff. (laughs) Well, yeah. And and also our good friend Larissa uh, drew basically our logo based off of Adventure Time. Yeah. Adventure Time style. I I know I'm way behind the time. (laughs) Part of the pun (laughs) on this one. But uh, I'm finally caught up to it. Uh, and mostly because I found it on Netflix, but yeah. I've been enjoying it a lot. Brian K. Vaughn is the writer of Saga. Uh, his other book that he's probably most famous for is Why the Last Man. It's about the last man alive. Um, but is his name why? Yeah. Uh, but and it's illustrated by uh, Fiona Staples, and her art is amazing in this book. Cool. Like the realizations of this world. It's just like great. It's kind of like watching Star Wars for the first time when you're just like, I dig this. Like I dig everything that I'm seeing. Like I I love it. Like the style is great. The story is engaging. This is like that except everything is different. Like you have like organic spaceships and you have um like the way that they've differentiated the different alien races is really cool. And the dialogue is just really great and the story is really compelling and it sucks you in immediately. So Saga, pick it up, guys. There are two trades out right now, um, and they're—I think volume one is ten dollars. So give it a try at least. It's good. You can't afford not to own it. That's what I'm saying. All right, Jesse, that's a cast, man. Thanks for wrap it up, slap it on the bottom, send it over to iTunes. Go Hawks! And uh, until... I think we can safely say that. Yep. And until next time, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please. Stay arrogant. arrogant.